What is up, everybody? We're back. Too many audibles, ready to bring it to you live. Uh, this week, we're going to do it in a little bit of a different show. We're going off the cuff, a little freestyle here, just just some dudes hanging out, oh, talking about some sports. Straight no from script. the dome. Oh, straight from the dome, baby. Oh. <laughs> no research, mm. no numbers, no stats. It's make or break time. You either know what you're talking about or you don't know nothing. Hey, this is when Dev's at his best because he can rattle off what he feels about Tennessee not back it up. That's what I'm saying. Right. It's like none of y'all can fact check me because I can just say whatever I want to and y'all are not going to know if it's true or not. <laughs> That's right. We're going off the cuff. No game plan. Just whatever happens, happens. Just like Tennessee Too football. many audibles fashion, baby. Yes, sir. It's too many audibles for a reason. We got to change it at the line. You know what I'm saying? I say I'm going to call that Omaha, Omaha. <laughs> ooh, ooh. Speaking of Omaha, let's kick it off. I got I got a question I want to ask y'all. Speaking of changing things up, is there any chance – what's the chances y'all give Trevor Lawrence of switching it up, coming back to Clemson to avoid the Jets? I think <laughs> it's the only realistic, like, reasonable move for him. Uh, the Jets are just atrocious right now. Um, probably, if they do finish winless, probably the worst winless team in NFL history. They're, they're pretty trash, and I think most of that has to do with Adam Gase um, and just some of that coaching and, you know, management. Uh, they got good pieces. I don't think Sam Darnold's a terrible quarterback, but there's no point in, in wasting your pick from, what, only two years ago, three years ago, um, you know, on, on Trevor Lawrence. I get it. It's Trevor Lawrence, but if the Jets end up with the first pick, I, I'm going to say Trevor goes back, and he might as well just get his Masters until, you know, they get out, get out the dumps. I mean, yeah, with the Jets putting Quinn and Williams on the trade block, that's enough that just says right there, we do not plan on winning at all. We are 100% going for you, Trevor. And that's enough for him to be like, I don't want to be a part of that culture. If I'm Trevor, there's a 100% chance I am staying at Clemson for an extra year. Hey, well, on the bright side, though, uh, it seems for Trevor Lawrence's case, it seems like Adam Gase's future in New York is doing just like Bryce's hairline disappearing so maybe that's a good thing for hey now hey now man, man. <laughs> hey, hey that was a little uncalled for cam what what makes me wonder though is how come in this situation you know everyone talking about you know trevor lawrence and, and his decision and everything it almost makes me wonder why we don't see this more often you know cause think about it with all those years that the browns were just ringing up you know top five you know top three picks and not not turning anything out of it kind of makes you wonder why it doesn't really happen more often and some of those like think about it what how is it fair for the best player in college football to go to the worst team in the nfl but from another standpoint how is it fair for the best team in pro football to go get the best player like, i'm not i mean i'm not saying that but i think like it doesn't need to be a complete flop but like you know, so are you a fan of the lottery opposed to the current system they have in the NFL? Yes, mm. I prefer the lottery. Like the NBA does, I think that's a, a little bit easier way to kind of like, yeah, because those top, you know, five or the bottom five teams, you know, ten teams, whatever, you know, it, it should have to be a draw for because at that point then you wouldn't have all these teams that are tanking for Tua essentially and just losing mm-hmm. out on purpose to get that guaranteed first spot. Oh, you know. I don't see it that way. I don't see it that way. I think – with NBA, it's different. Only five guys on the court at one time. NFL is a totally different animal. And I can touch on this. I heard an interview from Trevor Lawrence today, and they're like, so what are you planning on doing after this year? And he's like, I don't know, man. Just we'll see where God takes me. And it's like he didn't seem very convinced. You know, he's like, 
I've thought about it, and we'll just see, man. So it's probably, it depends if that probably if that Clemson money. That's probably because that's dependent on where God takes Adam Gase. <laughs> <laughs> there's yeah. a lot. There's a lot and, uh, on the line. Max Kellerman said, uh, "said Well, God, God's plan is one thing, but the devil's plan is the Jets. So I mean, <laughs> just do what you want to do. Oh my that's God, tough. that's tough. So I'm I only." Honestly, like I've I've really thought about it, and if I'm Trevor Lawrence, I do not go play for the Jets. If Adam Gase is still there, if Adam Gase is gone, and there's a new promising up and coming coach with a system that is tailored to his ability, then I would not go to the Jets. Adam Gase has proven to be a loser so far. He has run away every single talented player they had, and the ones that are remaining. There, it's just an outcry for help. We'll never know as long as Sam Darnold's on the Jets how good of a player he is. He has flashed, but he is not succeeding. I don't think it's just Adam Gase, though. Interesting thing. Here's an interesting thing, though. Say the Jets get rid of uh, Adam Gase. Say they're not they're not like ready to give up on Sam Darnold because I think we can all agree Sam Darnold would probably be legit if he just wasn't playing with this organization. What if the Jets actually used their leverage with the number one pick, traded back a few spots, Still got a number four, five, six pick, but also an, another like good quality piece to go with them. I mean, that could be an option too, and that'd be interesting. Yeah, and, and that that's a thing. Like holding that first overall pick, especially in a, a very talented draft class, like there's so many options you can do with it. You can take that guaranteed spot, or you can even <laughs> use it, you know, for leverage, like you were saying. And just you know, if if you got to give the number one pick for you know a mid round first rounder, then you know at the same time that not, might not be bad at all either. I mean, I think there's more leverage on Trevor Lawrence and what he could be than what you could get for Sam Darnold straight up right now. I mean, we heard this conversation before uh, last year when Joe Burrow was the clear number one pick and the Bengals had it. There was a lot of talk going around where, ah, well, we don't know if Joe Burrow would want to do that. And Joe Burrow kind of silenced haters. But the biggest difference is, is Zach Taylor is the coach and he has so many weapons, A.J. Green, Joe Mixon, but that's not the case with the Jets. Outside of Jamison Crowder, their roster consists of Frank Gore as their RB1. Dude's 36. <laughs> that cuts that means that he's going to have grandkids by the time he get out the league. They got rid of Robbie Anderson. Our only weapon is Jamison Crowder. Their offensive line is horrendous. Out when Jamal Adams left, I cannot name a single defensive player on their team besides Quentin Williams, and they're trying to trade him. He's only 22 years old, and they're trying to trade him. He was a top three pick. He's their best player like that, on defense by far. Exactly. Their their organization is in shambles. They have no clear cut vision. Even with Trevor Lawrence in there, he's going to. You, we'll never hear his name again if he goes to the Jets. Well, well, and I hate to so see that. It's like on the flip side of it, it's like if he does go to the Jets, and you know, everything stays the same. It's a dumpster fire. He comes out and he doesn't play well. That could buy him more time just because people won't put all the blame on him necessarily. If he doesn't go to the Jets and he goes to some other franchise that also isn't doing great but is a slightly better situation, it's like he would take more flack than he would if he sucked it up at the Jets. Yeah, it's a lot easier to blame it on an organization and coaching and you know, lack of talent versus having a very, you know, solid, you know, organization and a team built around them and everything. Uh, yeah, it, it's going to be a lot easier to blame other people if he does play bad. But, he, I mean, he's already proven that he's got – I mean, he's an NFL-caliber quarterback, you know, honestly from his sophomore year. So, 
I'd say. I mean, where does Trevor was ready to go pro after his freshman year? I mean, he's probably the most complete NFL ready quarterback that I've seen in a long time come out of college. Yeah. I mean, to be honest with you. Where do you where do you guys think the Jets answer lies? Do you think if Adam Gase, which we all are pretty sure if they get Trevor Lawrence, they're gonna get a new coach in place. Do you think they find that answer in the collegiate ranks or they I get another NFL minded coach to come you right. know, coach Trevor Honestly, Lawrence assuming I, they get him? If I were the Jets, I mean Definitely the first thing is get Adam Gase out of there. Like, don't let him touch anything with that organization anymore. And then I wouldn't actually mind seeing a, a top-tier wide receiver. Go grab OBJ from the Cleveland. I believe his time's coming to an end. Bring him to New York. Give Trevor a solid weapon to build around. Like, you got to give him something. Because yeah. if you think he's about to go out there and ball with Jamison Crowder and whoever else that I can't name on that roster, like, that's just tough for him. And I think I think the answer lies in college. Um, a guy that kind of fits his style of play. Sure, an NFL guy can get a lot out of him, but I think you've seen kind of a track record of college coaches doing well in the NFL. Matt Rule's in his first year in Carolina. He's doing well. Cliff Kingsbury's doing well in Arizona. So Lincoln Riley's an interesting name to keep look keep track of. Dabo Sweeney. That's a name that's been floating around. He denies it. That man ain't leaving. That man ain't leaving Clemson, bro. No. He's got a steam train rolling down there, and that ain't stopping anytime do we, soon. And I don't see. Do we think it's a possibility at all that around week 15, 16, after Gase has successfully tanked them to the bottom to get Trevor, they'll fire Gase, and then by then we should know exactly what Michigan really is made of, and if it's ends up not if it ends up being a very underperforming team this year do we think that they can move on from Harbaugh and we could see Harbaugh jump back up to the Jets I don't know honestly I I think a lot of times you see coaches that keep trying to make that jump back and forth uh, you know from college to the NFL back to college and vice versa and most of the time it's it's they're not very successful um, you know, I feel like once you, you know, whether you go from NFL to college, you tend to kind of stick around in college, you know, throughout the rest of your tenure and vice versa, going from college to the NFL. Um, it would be very hard to kind of keep switching back and forth and different game plans and strategies and, you know, just different talent levels and everything. Uh, so I think it'd be tough. I don't think that it's out of the picture at all. I mean, I feel like Harbaugh is one of those guys, um, you know, he's willing to make that jump. He's been there before. Um, you know, so I, I don't. I definitely don't think that it's impossible. Well, Harbaugh's buyout currently sits at a lofty fourteen million. If they were to buy him out after this year, so we'll kind of see how that kind of rolls through. I don't. I don't like. First of all, I, I have a lot of respect for my man Trevor Lawrence. Having played against him in high school, you know, it's really cool to like see him go on, especially kind of coming from the hometown. I want to see him do great things. And I don't want Adam Gase to touch him, and I definitely don't want old khaki pants to touch him <laughs> because just like that man's dress wear is so plain, I think that's what we'll get out of Trevor Lawrence is just some plain game because I don't want okay. that, I don't want that to happen. All right, so Trevor Lawrence talk, um, more interesting, kind of pertains to guys and listeners that we know. Right now the Falcons are slated with the fourth pick, and they are the mock drafts I've been looking at say Justin Fields as a likely option to the Falcons. I know it would it would just bring you so much love and joy to see Justin Fields return to Georgia, Cam. He he should have never he should have never left, right, Cam? 
That's what I'm saying. I mean, hey, I, I'm not a Falcons fan. You know, I've been on this show. I'm, I'm repping my Steelers all day. Here we go, baby. But I'm not going to lie. It would hurt my heart a little bit if he bypassed Georgia, high school Georgia, bypasses Georgia in college, and then comes back to play pros in Georgia. My heart would hurt a little how bit. Could y'all, how could y'all see Justin Fields going to the Falcons pan out? Do you think with the rebuild, though, I mean, Matt Ryan's 36. Get rid of Matt I don't Ryan. really see they. I don't see they, how they could do a rebuild with a quarterback, you know, during his career. So Justin Fields steps in. How do you think that would I turn out? I think if out? they go and grab Justin Fields, they're hoping for that Kyler D Hop connection between him and Julio looking forward or him and Ridley looking Which forward. Which is legit. It, it is. It's a possibility. I hate to say it because I, I love Matty Ice. I really do. Man came out of Boston College. He's slinging that rock. Like, I, I love Matty Ice. But at the end of the day. Time since we saw him do that. Yeah, at the end of the day, I mean, I, I hate to accept it, but I think we're getting there. I, I think it's about time. Well, I, I think, so too, pressing. though, like with, with Justin Fields, kind of like that, what you'd said about Kyler and D-Hop, I think as honestly as, you know, as much as it would suck, I think you kind of at this point, how old's Julio? 32? 31. 31? 31. So, I mean, at this point, you know, he's been nagging a couple of injuries recently hasn't really had the production that he's had in, in you know, a couple of years. Um, you know, what last year was his lowest touchdown, like, scored in a season since he'd been in the league. You know, so I think at this point, like, you know, yeah, it sucks. Like, Julio is a dog, and, you know, you, everyone knows that. But I think if you make a move to get Justin Fields, I think – I don't know if you can get – sure, Matt Ryan could go and start for several other teams in the league and, and provide them that help – but I think if you were to do like a Matt Ryan and Julio package deal somewhere, and, no. and you say no, no, nope. Julio came out today or yesterday, I want to say, and uh, there was rumors about him being a part of a trade, and he said no, like flat out no. I know what I mean to this team. I'm not going anywhere. I think Julio will retire as a Falcon. Right, but what I'm saying though, like, is just for Falcons like, would be dumb to trade him. Yeah, sure. but like, I don't care what the deal is. Would it be the best move though, like? Yeah, like, yeah, it's Julio, like I said, but like if you were to grab, you know, Justin Fields at that four spot or five spot wherever they end up, you know, as a a, a rookie quarterback coming into the league with with freaking weapons like, you know, um, Hayden Hurst and Calvin Ridley and Julio and Russell Gage and like that would be a great fit. Like yeah, there's a lot of other building to do on the defensive side. You know, and just around the whole team in general, but that could be a legitimate spot for a rookie quarterback who has a lot of talent to kind of, I mean, have a really good yeah. start to his career. That that's that's kind of where I was going with it. I think if you get Julio, they're kind of in the same situation as the Jets, not anywhere near as bad off. But I think they have to clean chop. I think they have a lot of a lot of guys they have to pay coming up soon, and so the best way is just starting fresh. You have Calvin Ridley on your team, build around him. You have Hayden Hurst, like you said. Their entire offensive line is made up of first-round picks, so you already have a great system in place to make sure Justin Fields' jersey doesn't get dirty on Sundays. And so kind of where I – my question is kind of pointing towards Preston. If you're the Falcons, how do you start this rebuild? Do you just clean shop? Do you kind of go off what you have? Like how would you go about doing it? I mean, it? you could only oh, clean – Real quick, I would – the Falcons should trade Julio – if if they, if a team was willing to give up a couple first rounds and a solid player in return, sure. Anything less? Yeah, I, don't trade. Julio. I think so too. 
I, I think quick I'll do a quick side note that I'll pass off pressing, but I was I was listening today and I think the Colts could come knocking on the Falcons store if they did a trade. You see what Phillip Rivers is doing, he's doing okay and that defense is carrying him. If they get a competent quarterback in there like Matt Ryan and Julio Jones outside of T. Y. Hilton, I think that team can really make some noise next year if they decide to pursue that. But yeah, like if I'm the Falcons if you're the Falcons, Preston, where do you start in this rebuild? Assuming they get a good coach, if you're the coach, what would you do to start? I mean, it would it would start with drafting Justin Fields, and then from there, I'm not letting Julio go. Period. Like no matter what the circumstances are, no matter what I'm getting offered, like Julio said, like he knows what he means to that team. I don't know if y'all have seen any of like the practice footage of like him just cutting it up with Ridley and whatnot, but he's a mentor to these guys as well. And he brings that leadership presence in that locker room that no one else can bring to us, especially if we're packaging out Ryan. I mean, Todd Gurley, yeah, he's, he was a dude for a while, but he's not going to lead that locker room like Julio can. And if we're bringing in Justin Fields, we definitely would need Julio to, he can teach him stuff. Like he knows what he's doing in all aspects of the game. And so I, I don't think we could clean house per se because we're not going to give up Ridley we're not going to give up Julio and maybe you, you would refer to Todd Gurley as cleaning house but I don't see us moving him until his contract's done with I don't see a reason to cut him he's been playing good but I think I think honestly the defensive minded coach has failed in Dan Quinn yeah. and the Falcons know that if there's going to be a coach that can really coach up a defense well it would have been Dan Quinn his track rating record in Seattle was amazing. So I think they go offensive line coach with their next yeah, hire. Was, I mean, um, what, I what's think, the OC for the Chiefs? The enemy? Uh, yeah, Bahim, uh, yeah, yeah, something so like that. I, dude, good. And you see it all the time, too. When, when offensive coordinators or defensive coordinators have a lot of success with teams that are doing very well for years and years, you know, I think it would be a smart move to bring – uh, be enemy into Atlanta and kind of rebuild yeah, it. Yeah, he's worked like, with Mahomes, yeah, you know. instead of, I mean, in, in a lot of ways, Justin Fields plays very similar to Patrick Mahomes does. You know, they're, they're passers first, but they also have that ability to run. You know, so it's not like, you know, Lamar Jackson or your Kyler Murray's, you know, where they, they look to run when they can. I, I think Justin Fields and Patrick Mahomes are a lot alike in, in several different ways. And with Biennemi having that experience with Patrick Mahomes and just that electrifying offense that has incredible weapons, I think that could be a great fit for Atlanta. Um, and, I mean, all the yeah. time, offensive coordinators of successful teams or even really bad teams often take those head coaching jobs that are kind of looking to kind of switch it up a little bit. So I think that could be a really, really good fit for Atlanta. Yeah, also another name is Greg Roman. He's the OC for the Ravens. He has that track record with Lamar Jackson doing very well. But I think you're right. I think the direction they need to go is offensive-minded coach because even with their defensive-minded coach, their defense has been horrendous. And I get, I know it's you can account that to injuries and whatnot, but I think if you get fields, you have to build around fields. They've seen what Cam Newton did to them many years in the league, and I think it's time they want a statue out of there and they want a dual threat like fields. And you just build around that. They've already got a lot of pieces in place. I don't even think they have to fully rebuild. You got Calvin Ridley. Dude's a monster. You don't have to go outside the box and really just clean house. I think, you know, you set you set them up for what you have, and then you kind of just build off of there. It's, it's like basically a kind of it's kind of like a rebuild, but with a new quarterback. You don't have to do too much, you know. So, for sure. And I mean, but, it's like if we were to keep Julio around and Fields comes in year one, he's slinging it. 
and like he's looking like Kyler did last year as a rookie. If we have anything resemblance of that, and like our offense is full powered, and we have an offensive minded coach, I feel like that could be a big thing to bring in free agents for defense. Because I mean, look at even I mean I know it was a trade, but just speaking on the same general idea, look at like the Rams getting Jalen Ramsey. Because I mean they were slinging the rock with. M- uh, McVeigh and that attracted him there. Obviously, he he loved to be a part of that scheme. So I feel like if we had something similar, we could also bring in those names to even out our team across the board. All I'm gonna say is though, if Dan Mullen gets hired as the next coach, I think there's gonna be riots in Georgia like we've never seen. <laughs> if they go, if they go call, if they go college minded and they get Dan Mullen over like Dabo, like you're gonna see, you're gonna well, see Atlanta. Was it came like Dopey Dan? Oh, dopey Dan. Man, I really hope let me, I hope Dan Mullen never go. leaves Florida. I hope they keep him for the future to come. I don't hope I, I'd hate to see him go to the Falcons because I'd hate to see him leave Florida. I hope he stays there. So, okay, I just have a burning question in my mind, Devin. We were talking about rebuilding. I think you know where this is going. How bad does it hurt your and soul to I, see Arkansas and Ole Miss in a better shape under one year head coaches than Tennessee in year three? No, but Ser- seriously, seriously, seriously. Like, I'm not, I'm not knocking because I'm a Florida State fan. Okay, let's be real. <laughs> We're trash. So I have no room to say, Dev, the balls suck. But like, I legitimately want to know, how long do you think Pruitt? How long do you think it'll take Pruitt to get like to where the likes of UGA are before like you're competing with them? Like, they're recruiting. Yeah, I they're mean, re- not the best, but they're recruiting well. Like, how is, long do you think this is, before is they turn that around? For me, because uh, you know, diehard Tennessee fan. I mean, grew up watching it, you know, and, and honestly, like, since I've really kind of, uh, you know, I watched it as I was younger, you know, five, six, but at that age, you don't completely understand, um, like, you can watch it, and, like, it's cool, and it's fun, and you play Madden and stuff, but once I got to the age where I, I understood, I really haven't seen a super competitive Tennessee team. Um, I mean, I was born in 99, and they won the Natty in 98, so... Like, yeah, they had some, some good teams in the early 2000s and, you know, mid-2000s a couple of times. But other than that, you know, I haven't really been alive for, for anything that's been extraordinary. And it and it sucks to see, and you know, and but that's, that's part of being a fan, um, you know. So it's, I don't know, it's tough because I've seen it so many times, um, you know, with, with Butch Jones and even like Lane Kiffin and Dooley and like, I've just seen it so many times, and, you know, you, you want to be hopeful when, when you're in that situation where you feel like you're in a good position to to kind of get to that next step. But I, I honestly don't know. I do like Jeremy Pruitt. Uh, they did extend him for, with a two-year uh, contract, um, you know, so. But the doubts are creeping in. No, I mean. The you, doubts are creeping in. They definitely are. And at this I mean, it what, what sucks. Do you think he's the answer at Tennessee? Yes and no. Yes and no, because. As a Georgia fan, he's the answer I want at Tennessee. <laughs> but but realistically, I mean, there, there's a lot of, of really good things that I've seen since he's been there that that I haven't seen in their program in, in a long time, you know, with, you know, very solid recruiting classes each year getting better and better, you know, your record getting better and better. And then it's like you have more 30-point losses than Butch Jones does, you know. So it's those little things that are kind of like – Okay, like when is it really going to start to show? Because you're you're getting the talent that you need, or you're at least recruiting the talent that you need to get in there. Your record's getting better. You have guys that want to play for you, but when is that actually going to kind of all come together? I think there's pieces of that program that are really really good and that have Im- improved on a lot, 
But at the same time, when is it all going to click? You know, I think, first of all, I think, you know, hiring uh, Phil Fulmer as the athletic director was the best move that they've made in 10 years. I mean, that j- he knows how to win. He, he loves everything about Tennessee, you know, super involved in that, you know, all of the athletics. So I think that was a great move to start. Um, I mean, national champion coach, you know, several at time SEC coach or SEC champion coach, um, you know, so I think that was a big move. But I honestly don't know. I'm kind of in that weird spot because, yeah, am I still going to root for him? Of course. But am I completely sold on how they're going to be next season? Not completely. Well, here's this, Dev. I mean, when's your birthday? June 20th. June 20th. Okay, okay. I was trying to do some quick math on when y'all would have won the Natty and when you were made, because maybe we'd have a recipe for when, like, the next generation you might get a ship. <laughs> right, Maybe. Right. <laughs> but, right. I mean, oh, the, in all reality, tough over there. In all reality, I mean, it's been over 20 years now. Uh, we're probably looking at a solid 20 more, you know. You you might get luck when Saban moves on, but even then, who knows? Probably not. Kirby's, you know? Kirby's only 44. Yeah. So. It's, he ain't going nowhere for a while. <laughs> I, I, maybe whenever Saban moves on and Butch eventually leaves Alabama, y'all bring Butch back since he no, has. <laughs> I would, I would completely jump ship if they brought back Butch Jones. One hundred percent. Here's my thing, though. Here's my thing. I even, I even got caught victim to the full, the fool's gold of Tennessee's first couple weeks and saying, "Oh man, they've actually they've they've turned a corner. They look a lot better. I think they're a couple years away." But I think every year I'm going to say they're a couple of years away because Tennessee's been outscored 126 to 45 the past three games. I mean, I, I know it's like Tennessee was a dumpster fire and, you know, Pruitt's, Pruitt had a lot of work to do and he had his work cut out for him. But before y'all get to the point of being like being back on top, when are y'all going to get to the point where y'all quit getting blown out by teams? And that's, like, that's the thing. That, no, step, that, right? no, for real. I mean – like, when you look at it, if you're in that kind of rebuilding mode and you're starting to get to that next step, you can't lose by, what was it, 34-7 to or something to Kentucky. Like, you can't do that. In games that you should have won, Kentucky's a solid team. But based on, like, the beginning of the season and how they look the first two games and you're starting out 2-0, and yeah, you had a couple tough games ahead of you. But at that point, with how the season was starting to look you can't lose the teams that you should beat and that's just that's the number one thing of why head coaches get fired so often is because you can do as much as you want on the recruiting side on in the locker room side the weight room side but if you're losing games that you should not lose everyone's quick to all right you know he's on the hot seat and and it's very fair you know if you if you lose more games than you should win then there's just it's there's got to be a point where you're like, all right, like I get it. It was a complete trash, garbage, dumpster fire when he came in. But, I mean, it is year three, you know. And this is this is one of the rare times you'll kind of see me criticize Tennessee. Uh, but I'm a very reasonable Tennessee fan. You know, a lot of people you meet, it's like, oh, yeah, it's our year. It's our year. Every single year. I'm not like that. You know, I love college football. Yeah, you are. Bull, don't in a, in a joking in a joking matter. Weren't, weren't you on? Didn't we do like week one of this podcast, and you were predicting Tennessee to go like nine and three or three losses this year? I said I said it was a hot take record. <laughs> well, I mean, what else do you expect hey. me to say? It was a hot take record. Hey. The hot and the hottest thing to come out of that is the seat Pruitt's sitting on right now. So 
So how's that looking? Well, speaking of uh, dumpster fires and bad decisions and whatnot, what I, you know, I'm not a baseball fan like that, but I have watched the Brad Pitt baseball movie that's on Netflix a couple times, so I like to think <laughs> I'm kind of a pro. But uh, what the heck is going on with pulling your dude that only allowed two hits? Two hits, and you're like, yeah, get him out of here. Someone so explain was, it to me. This is ridiculous to me. Um, you know, I get it as your ace and your starting pitcher. You know, there's not really a set – you know, pitch count in the major leagues. They usually pitching coaches and managers. They don't want your starting pitcher to get to like that. You know, eighty, mid eighty, kind of close to ninety mark, especially through five or six innings. But this dude was pitching probably the best that he's ever pitched in his career. Not to mention when you're down a game to the Los Angeles Dodgers, who are known, especially this season, to catch fire and just they hit everything. You know, so if your guy's pitching really really well and he has like nine strikeouts and only two hits like at that point you're like okay like he's only thrown you know 70 ish pitches let's keep the guy in at least let him finish the inning because as soon as the Rays pulled Blake Snell the Dodgers caught fire just like that and took the lead you know so you know he's he was sitting in the dugout I saw I mean he was pissed and and rightfully (laughs) so I would have been too you know I feel like that's one of those things that's either hit or miss. You're like, all right, this guy's been in. They're kind of, you know, starting to foul a lot more things off. So they're, they're figuring him out a little bit. So let's put someone else in there and, and see what they can do. But at that point, if you're pitching one of the best performances you've ever pitched in the World Series and you're down a game to the Los Angeles Dodgers, you leave the dude in until he's just not even hitting the zone. So is this like the equivalent of the Seahawks passing the ball on the goal line? 100%. This, it, this would be very, very close because – at that point, if you have Marshawn Lynch behind your quarterback, you're not passing the ball on the one-yard line. I'll tell you that. I'm not passing the ball on the one-yard line. <laughs> right. I mean, they call him beast mode for a reason, you know. So it's like something's <laughs> got to give. Like, you got to think about it, you know. But it was just – I hate to see that too because that kid was upset. And, you know, there's not really much he can do. Is he going to sit there and say, you know, no, I'm not coming out the game. Like, if you, if you pull me out, I'm leaving. Like, you can't do that, you know. So especially in a big bullpen in a, in a tight game and a tight series – He's going to have to roll with it and, and hope it turns out for the better. I think the bigger L was Justin Turner. I'm was, saying, this man came <laughs> back onto the field to celebrate y'all, after he tested positive. Like what? Y'all know him. He's in that team photo with his mask on, and he just yanked it down. I was like, I'm oh, saying no. this. I was like, nobody better let him kiss that trophy. I'm telling you. <laughs> That's one thing I never understand. You see, like, when, when college football teams win the natty and they pass the, you know, trophy around and every single dude on that team kisses that thing and you can see the, the lip stains and, like, everything <laughs> on that trophy. It's like, that can't be good or healthy for anybody. In general. I'm a germaphobe. I'm a, it would kill I'm a, me. Bro, I'm going to kiss that crystal ball. I don't care if 100 <laughs> men before me did it, bro. If I just won the natty, I'm kissing that crystal ball. I'll kiss it through the air. Uh, like, right, I'll be yeah. three inches off of it. And, wah, there we go. <laughs> like this is kiss. Hey, yo, I like, I like this conversation where we're talking about some winners. So I want to talk about my Steelers for a minute because I feel like they're undefeated, but we don't show them enough love on this show. So I got to ask y'all, uh, the Steelers' next upcoming games is the Ravens this Sunday. Then we got the Cowboys. No, then we got the Jaguars, the Cowboys, and the Bengals. That's the next month of football. Y'all think the Steelers are really about to go ten and zero? Y'all really about to lose four straight? That's nuts, yo. <laughs> <laughs> I think um, honestly, you know, I I've, I feel like it's happened a, a couple of times this season already. 
um, you know, with like the Raiders beating the Chiefs and, you know, stuff like that. I feel like if y'all handle or get by the Ravens, I feel like depends on how well Lamar Jackson plays. Um, you know, I get it. Y'all's defense is, is one of the best in the league. But I, I think that's really what it kind of lies on because we've noticed if Lamar Jackson doesn't play well and he can't get the running game going or he's, you know, missing open throws, you know, it, it's not hard for teams to beat them. But I think that if y'all – I think y'all beat the Ravens, but I think y'all could potentially lose it to, like, the Jaguars or, you know, someone like that. I think, you know, might kind of catch you on one of those down weeks and just, you know, kind of take it from you. Hey, if you told, if you told me we were going to start off our season 7-1, and one, I'll take that all day. Yeah. But I do believe that – I do believe we'll beat the Ravens. I'm going to go on record. I think we'll beat the Ravens because I think the game plan will be similar to Tennessee's. I think we'll sell out to stop the run and force them to beat us through the air. And this year, Baltimore's got the worst receiving core as far as production and yards gained and everything else goes. They've got their, their dead last right now. So they, they can't pass the ball. And maybe Dez will help that, but he ain't helping this Sunday. He's still on the practice squad. <laughs> That's what I'm saying. He, he's not helping this Sunday. I'm also – I'm kind of on the – I'm on the, like, the edge about uh, Dez as well, you know. I'm really happy for him and like to get another chance. But here's my thing, right? We're kind of in uncharted territory with Dez Bryant right now because he's a 32-year-old receiver coming off an Achilles injury, and he's never really been a burner to begin with. Speed yeah. has not really been his thing. So now, now you're asking a big jump out of this guy who's not played football in two years. Now, because of Lamar's scramble ability, he might find himself open by accident on some plays, and that could benefit. But So let me ask all this. Do we think Des Bryant does better in his return or Antonio Brown? A.B., come on now. Yeah. A.B. It'll be A.B. Like, I see the Des situation I don't, at I, best. I don't, be, I don't think so. You don't so. think so? I think at best no. the Des situation no, turns into a Brandon Marshall on the Jets. Like, at best. A.B. is a clown, dude. I do not like A.B. at all. He can be a okay, clown, but that man's still one of the best receivers in the world. Because I'm Well, hold up. Let, oh. Let's hear let's, – here's the thing, though. Pure talent-wise? Two, two, yeah, Two years ago, two years ago. Well, actually, I'm sorry. Last year, when he was when he started the season with the Raiders, would is there anybody with a rational mind that would have made an argument that Mike Evans or Chris Godwin was a better wide receiver than Antonio Brown? Nope. Like no one would. Right now, right now, James Winston would. (laughs) (laughs) Not right now, mate. Bryce, I tried telling you this. I I, you shipped out Godwin, and I know you would. You were kind of all on Godwin, bro, but. Make no mistake, I'm telling you right now, Antonio Brown is the best wide receiver on that team at this point. He may not, he may not be statistically leading, but right. I, I'd be willing to – actually, I'm going to go on record right now and say that from this point forward, like obviously he's not going to be a stat leader for the Bucks, having missed eight weeks at the point. From the time he starts playing week nine, he will be the Bucks leading, like leading reception and like yardage. I he will not finish the that. season with the Buccaneers. I bet it. I bet he I will. Not think, I bet he will. From from I bet week he will nine not to finish the, the season. season. I don't see it. You don't think he'll he finish will either, the season? With with the Bucks? No, he will either get into trouble with that court case he has pending right now. The only thing that's which, by in, the way, on his is, favor with that is when he by the time he comes back, they only got to play what seven more games. If it was a full season, I'd be more than apt to say that he wouldn't. But he's only got to last seven games, you know. So. We're really about to see like what type of character this dude, dude has because if you can't last seven dude. games on a team 
that is completely loaded on the offensive side and their defense is stout, then you you got some some problems you got to sort out with yourself. The second Bruce Arians takes him off the field for a play, he will call him white trash, and he will probably fight Bruce Arians. <laughs> and then he will, Would y'all buy a pay-per-view fight for that? Bruce Arians versus AB? Bruce Arians has been very upfront about him. I saw where he – Bruce Arians made a quote today where he said – he was talking about nobody on that team cares about touches and production. They just want to go out and win. And he's like, if AB uh, – he, that's what he said. He said – Evans I, I, I mean, I, I know he said it, but... Well he, well, he straight up said, he said, if A.B. can't get with that, then he needs to get out. Like, that was his word. I just... Well, he has too much mental baggage. He went from the Raiders to that court case to the Patriots for a game to enrolling at Central Michigan. He's been all over the place, dude. Like, I, I he is... He, he's playing with Tom Brady. I just don't... Now. I'm sorry, but he was... Let's be honest. He played with Tom Brady for one week in New England, and then he was gone. Well, that wasn't that wasn't necessarily his something. If Bill, he, that if was Bill, something he did before he got to the Patriots that came back I to know, bite him, though. It's like he, I know, but still, if if he can't get right with Bill Belichick, he will not get right with Bruce. Hey, Harry. just a little but fun that, fact. That's what I'm saying. But that's what I'm saying, though. He did not get right with Bill Belichick, but he was good with the Patriots. But it was it was a sexual assault case before he was with the Patriots. That caused him to get suspended, and then the, therefore the Patriots cut him. And it's not like he was acting a fool on the Patriots. Just a, just a little fun John fact though, about though. Bruce Arians. Did y'all know that Bruce Arians Lee is the all-time leading Virginia Tech quarterback with the most rushing touchdowns in a single season? Even more than Mike Vick. What? What? <laughs> Bruce Arians. I kid you not. Bruce Arians holds the record at Virginia Tech for most rushing touchdowns by a quarterback in a single season. More than that Michael person. Vick. That's nuts. Yeah, ain't that crazy? Well, for, Florida, Florida State had Michael Vick's number back back in those years. Did you see um, where uh, – Back who, in those years. Who was it? No, look it up. Look who it up. Who was it? A uh, dude that played for, I want to say, the Colts. He went on that little show where they played pool and just talk about sports stories he was talking he was telling a story today or yesterday about playing against michael vick and michael vick's like helmet hitting him in the stomach and like rupturing his spleen or something crazy <laughs> sounds like sam donald yes, i think so sounds like sam donald with that rupture spleen. i i thought i didn't hear that story but that's crazy and especially about bruce arians but uh, look, look I'm not an AB hater. On the field, yes, AB is. Listen, <laughs> on the field, AB is good. He does his thing. There's no debating that AB is a good receiver. But off the field, I I mean, over the last two years, we have seen nothing but meltdowns and just breakdowns from this guy. He is not mentally there. Wow. And wow. That's that's real big talk coming from you, Mr. Jameis Winston, Crab Leg Steelers. <laughs> class disruptor, alleged rapist, but you uh, out here. We talking alleged, about allegations. Alleged. Let's talk about your Steelers some more than. <laughs> yeah, let's let's talk about what Ben Ben. <laughs> I'm scared, we're, we're, we're just gonna we're, we, go ahead and hop off that. Too many, too many audible. Too, we're we're audible right hey, now. So. Omaha, Omaha. <laughs> next subject. It's I'll rep the Steelers all day, but you bring that up, I'm jumping ship. Hey, baby. <laughs> <laughs> Which, I mean, Did y'all see I that want, um, I want s- this week uh, or that Tom Brady and Ben Roethlisberger are kind of competing for the most sacked quarterback of all time? <laughs> that's, that's what nuts. I'm saying. That's, that's two goats right there, baby. <laughs> like, 
statistically like two of the best quarterbacks to ever play, but also two like the top two quarterbacks to get sacked the most in their career. I think. What are their forties? Neither one of them are under a four eight. Yeah, very true. That that is a fair stat to compare, but this is kind of a side note. I was watching uh, the when the Colts played the uh, Bengals, and this little stat sheet showed up. It was like passing yards, touchdowns, and it said children had. Philip Rivers forty. Joe Burrow oh, yeah, zero. They, yeah, they, I didn't understand that. I was like, like who, it, may, who comes up with these graphics, bro? And, and then I saw a stat the other day. It was like uh, it was like I think it was so and so leads the league in uh, gloves changed in the game or something. That's like what I'm that. saying. Like, how do these like because they get those those projections up on the screen very quickly. So like their yeah. team that are running all these. these possibilities. Like, how do you even you just have someone counting the amount of times that a dude changes his gloves in the game and compare it to everyone I else counting? Somebody. That was definitely you know that someone's was definitely passed off to some low end intern. Somebody came up and said, "Hey, you know, I need you to go check and see how so many times so and so has changed his glove in the game." And that person yes. was just thinking, "I." Someone's hate making this job. a bag posting these. Someone's making a big bag posting these stats. I'm saying all this like sure I'm doing the wrong it. thing. I need to be focused on just unrealistic stats that don't mean anything to a football game. <laughs> Too many audibles. We get on here and just spew random stats. Yeah. How many like, times he unbuckled his chin strap in the fourth yeah. quarter? Did time. you know that Joe Burrow gets his haircut the most, more than any other quarterback in the league? Like, it's <laughs> awesome. Facts, uh, facts. I Did saw one know? graphic where it was, uh, I want to say when the Saints were playing the Chargers, and it was like the all-time touchdowns that Drew Brees has, and then it was like <laughs> Herbert, six. It was like, what? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. I was like, yeah. how do you even, like, yeah. justify posting that, like, on the projection for the whole – for everyone to see? Like, Makes like no he's sense. a rookie. Of course he's not going to be anywhere close to that. <laughs> Somebody was sitting there watching it like, man, I really thought really thought Herbert was competing there. I guess not. Yeah. Like, <laughs> you telling me Jeez. Herbert don't have 600 touchdowns through the first half of his rookie season? <laughs> it's like, man, he's what? on track. It's it's like the type, like, Bust. you know, when Bust. Drew Brees <laughs> broke those records last year, you know how, like, they were keeping up with it, and, like, every time he would, like, lead a pass or whatever or throw a touchdown, it would pop back up on the screen, like, only one more touchdown. It's like one of those things, but it's, like, has nothing to do with what is nope. taking place. I'll say what's crazy though is Tom Brady did pass Drew Brees for all-time touchdowns thrown. This like just last week, so it'll be kind of interesting to watch each other. Like kind of they'll probably break the record back and forth a few more times. Yeah, Peyton Manning. Drew Brees is gonna be sending MT those texts late night. Like, how you feeling? (laughs) (laughs) Peyton Manning's gonna sign a a one-year deal and uh, come out there sling about another fifty that season, and just so he can solidify his name at the top. Yeah, balls man. built, right? Uh-huh. Uh-huh. Yes, sir. <laughs> uh-huh. I, I, I don't know. I don't know of an Alabama quarterback that's in discussion for the one of the greatest of all time. Do you? Hey, we'll talk about this in twenty years. Put some respect oh, onto it. Hold your horses, my guy. The only person throwing Peyton Manning in the discussion for greatest of all time is Tennessee fans. So that's let's facts. Not even go there. Bro. That, that that is, is facts. not facts. That, that is, is facts. No, it is. I un- hear nobody. It's undisputed that Tom Brady is basically the GOAT, and if anyone brings up anyone else's name, it's typically Joe Montana, and that's old heads. You can make a case as to why Peyton Manning could be arguably one of, I didn't say the greatest, one of, like, top five greatest quarterbacks of all time. Yeah, top five. Look at every statistical category. Now you change it up because you just said, you just said name another Alabama quarterback that's in conversation for greatest of all time, not one of the greatest. In conversation. So you wouldn't say the top five quarterbacks to ever play are not considered 
some of the greatest of all time? This isn't the NBA. It's not like debatable. It's really easy to look at the stats and the resumes and be like, okay, he's not the GOAT. Yeah, Brady has played five more years than Peyton Manning should. He should be. Right, he was... He was the GOAT five years ago. Yeah. The only time I'm mentioning Peyton Manning's name in the GOAT conversation is when I'm telling you to never mention Peyton Manning in this conversation. <laughs> All I'm saying okay. is if you want to pull up every statistical category in NFL history, Peyton Manning is top five in every one of those. Let's pull up the rings. Except for, except for when it really matters in postseason wins. Dude choked. Thank God for that great Denver defense or he would have lost a third Super, second Super Bowl. Bro, don't hey. even play me like that, bro. <laughs> All I'm saying. Hey, is, who's got more? Who's got more rings, Big Ben or uh, Peyton? How many does Big Ben have? He got two. Manning has two. Oh shoot, that's right. Yeah, yeah. Uh, hey, how many charges he got? This is the whole fact thing. It's a whole fact oh, I forgot. <laughs> he did totally. He did totally ride the uh, Denver defense that last one, where he threw for like 120 yards in that Cam, game. Cam Newton got scared. <laughs> well, this was hey, been a. Uh, what's that? Go ahead. No, I was just gonna show my man Ben Roethlisberger some more love because you know he's two and three in, in Super Bowls, about to go to his fourth one this year, behind that steel curtain defense, baby. So that would be the that would be the same case if if the Steelers won the Super Bowl this year that he just rode the defense all the way. No, we did ride the defense all the way. All right. but I mean, really, all right. I, I, well, I love, but I love Ben, but I'm also not sitting here calling him. Or th- trying to bring him up in the conversation of greatest of all time, though. Because he's not. Okay. He's, he's one of the best above average quarterbacks of all time. Bro, that's what I'm saying, but I'm not throwing him in that conversation. I'm not <laughs> trying to make a case for him being the GOAT. Because you can. I can make a case as to why his painting is one make of the a best case. to ever play. See, that one of the best is better than the GOAT. You I said never the said that he was the greatest of all time. I said one of the greatest. No, you did not. You said you could put him in the GOAT conversation. Bro, let's go back. We'll rewind this tape, and you'll hear yourself. You started this off by saying, (laughs) name one Alabama quarterback that's in conversation for greatest of all time. You didn't say, name an Alabama quarterback that's one of the greatest QBs ever. You said greatest of all time. But then everything we're talking about greatest ever, we can talk about Joe Namath. He's in that conversation. He's in the conversation for one of the greatest of all time. I could sit here and admit that Tom Brady is the greatest quarterback to ever play. If I can admit that, then why would I say that Peyton Manning is the greatest of all time? I might have said that, know. but everything well, I, I said after, everything I said after was okay. me proving my point. Okay. That he's in that conversation. Omaha, Omaha, we are hot routing to the end, fellas. This- oh my goodness! <laughs> hey, yo, just, just in true too many audibles fashion, Dev's over here changing up his standpoint too many times. We gotta call it a wrap. Just, oh, just man. like Tennessee season five games through, we're calling it a wrap. We're, we're pulling the plug on it. All right. <laughs> Y'all wrong for that. (laughs) But Bryce, don't you think I'm letting you go? It's okay because you'll still do better than FSU and whatever dumpster fire they got going on down there. I think the real. I will turn it around. I think the real question is going to be like, who ends up with a better or worse record, Bryce's fantasy team or FSU? (laughs) (laughs) It'll it'll be in the air. Hey, it's fun. It's it's funny you say that because we're all tied with the same record right now. Not for long, Chief. Not for long, Chief. Okay. <laughs> hey, Blake. Blake's over here saying he's got the auto drafted team. I'm saying that. Us, so I, that I feel you? like every year in our league, there's the dude that auto draft that has a really stout team, 
where there's a dude that is consistently putting up the most points every week, and he's riding Blaine like every year. Cooper Cup and you know whoever else as his wide receivers, but dude says putting up 160 every week. Bro, that's Blaine every year. I'm saying. Literally. Uh-huh. He, he auto-drafts, and every year he's a top three team. <laughs> no, he, he he drafts his own team. Oh, does he? Did he draft? Yeah. Yeah, he always does. Uh-huh. He doesn't make any moves. But I know drafts. last year he auto-drafted because he wasn't able to get to the draft in time. Yeah. And that's just classic example of why you should not trade the guys like Devin in the league. Just ride your team out to the end. Yeah. We'll see how that works out for a couple of those guys, but – um, I honestly, I, I don't mind these type of episodes. You know, no research, no stats, just straight from the dome, just good old fashioned slugfest. You know, you know, you back it up and and you move on. You know, I I kind of like this. We should do this a little, uh, you know, a little more often. Back it up and move yeah. on. Yeah. Huh. I, like well, I think I think we're gonna try to incorporate some more debates maybe into some in future episodes. I'd love to see us kind of get go toe to toe. Maybe get a little more passion going in here. Get some heated topics going. I'd love to see that. You did. Yeah, hey, for we, sure. I think the biggest thing, though, is like a lot of us have the same viewpoints about things. So it's very, very tough to, you know, for one of us to argue the opposite side when we honestly, you know, agree with everyone else. But it's – um, We had it going We had it going a little bit with Jimmy B being a superstar or not being a superstar. Because he, he is. is. Bro, come on. <laughs> All right. All right, don't, don't, let's not get started on that now. <laughs> all right, there you go, Mr. Peyton Manning. Greatest of all time. All right. Yeah, you said it. You just said it right there for yourself, just so everyone can hear you. Hey, I've been known to tell a lie before. But all right. I will will say that this episode's been fun. I love doing this with y'all guys. Yes, We're going to get back to it. Can't wait. We got an exciting weekend of football coming up, Ohio State, Penn State. Uh, Hopefully Penn State's able to make that a matchup, man. I'm excited. My dog's coming off the bye. We'll get right to it. Steelers Ravens at one o'clock, baby. You know, battle for the AFC North because we all know that game needs to come with a warning for mature audiences only because that's a hard hitting slug fest. I do want to just say, um, you know, we, we appreciate all you guys listening and, you know, just keeping up with us and, and checking out our content. Um, it really, you know, means a lot that, you know, you guys support us and stuff. Um, you know, we always appreciate feedback if there's things that we can improve on, things you want to hear. Uh, let's talk about or debate. Uh, always down for that. We like having a good time, like kind of proving our points and, and arguing with the others. So uh, we do appreciate all the support out there and, and keep it up. Yo, real quick shout out to whoever is listening in Canada and California. I, I don't know how our, how our podcast got all the way out there, but I think that's awesome. Like somebody that far away has found us, tuned in and listened. And I appreciate that. Like, if you're hearing this, Canada, Canadian listeners, Californian <laughs> listeners, shout out to y'all. That's awesome. Yeah, we had one from uh, Great Britain, too, last week. Oh, that's legit. That's crazy. Hey, hey international to Cheers, cheers mate. <laughs> Camp God. God dang it. <laughs> well, we love, we love all of our listeners. Um, we, got, we got some 